Welcome to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Hi, I'm Nicole Bernard, and I'll be your host. I've been a small business owner for over 12 years, and I know how hard it is to market your business effectively. With all the tools out there, it can be confusing, and with all the tasks of running a business, it can be hard to find the time. In this podcast, I'll cover best marketing practices, essential tips and tricks to grow your business, and chat with other business owners to glean valuable information that they are using to crush their goals. So grab a glass and let's chat. Hey guys, and welcome back to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. This week, I'm chatting with Molly McGrath, the founder of Hiring and Empowering Solutions. So thanks so much for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me here. Yeah, I'm so excited. Um, I, I was checking out your website and I, I work with a lot of it, of attorneys. And so I was like, oh, I, she works with a lot of attorneys as well. So I think it's going to be such a fun conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you got your champagne right in time. <laughs> I did. Thank you. What a phenomenal little gift. That's such a great surprise. Yeah, I'm so glad I got in there in time. And yeah, it helped. Um, like I told, like I was saying before we jumped on recording, I hate video. And also, I mean, for the longest time, like even audio. So the champagne helped. Plus, I just like champagne. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great. Yeah. Well, awesome. I'd love to dive in and learn more about you and your business and how long you've been a business owner. Um, how did you get into it? Yeah, so I've been a business owner since 2008, which is unbelievable <laughs> how time absolutely flies. And, you know, I, I fell into the attorney space. I moved from New York to Colorado and answered an ad way back when in the Denver Post in the newspaper for a national organization that trained and coached estate planning and other law attorneys when coaching really truly wasn't even a street term, right. especially in the legal space. They weren't investing in coaching. And I came on as a practice development advisor and supported them with launching their very first coaching program, which is so phenomenal. I worked with an amazing mentor who took me under his wing and really helped grow me up as an employee. And I had so much exposure to the coaching industry, Landmark Education, Hoffman Institute, Strategic Coach, Tony Robbins, all that stuff. And um through that time, we would travel and go to these national organizations when people traveled all the time to go to conferences <laughs> and at the breaks, at the cocktail receptions, lunches, dinners, things of that nature. I was hearing this common theme from the business owner saying, you know, business would be great, but for my employees, it's hard to find good people. It's hard to keep good people. It's hard to empower people. I wish I could find people that would just step up and lead. And I was hearing this over and over again. And through that process, I got very um, intrigued and deeply curious and passionate about how to get an entrepreneur and what I coined and wrote an Amazon number one bestseller book on an entrepreneur and really how to get them on the same playing field. Because most small business owners, it's a big leap of faith and financial yeah. investment to hire somebody the first time. And then there's no guarantee. And if you get burned or they don't work out or they quit or you have to fire them, what have you, you're shell-shocked to even go back into the process. So mm -hmm. I started talking to the employees and it was this 
fascinating um, phenomenon that they would say, well, the entrepreneur won't train me or won't let go of control, mm-hmm. won't, doesn't really lo- allow me to step up in the lead. And the entrepreneur's perspective was that people don't want to work hard. So I just realized that there was just a massive disconnect. They both wanted the same thing, but they didn't have the language and the verbiage on how to communicate that and to instill confidence into each other on how the employee could just pour a ton of confidence into the entrepreneur that they can let go and then vice versa for the entrepreneur to let go because they felt like someone had their back. And that was really how I fell into it. You know, as any entrepreneur, very rarely is it, oh, I always knew exactly what I was going to do. I think people that have a wonderful mindset and they're deeply present and curious and then find their passion is, in my experience, um, the best way to start a business. Yes. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. I never, ever thought I would be an entrepreneur. I thought I'd be in like corporate world and I couldn't wear, wait to wear like stilettos and, you know, fancy jewelry. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And I see you have a, I saw that you have a few books on your website, right? That is so great. Yes. Yeah. I'm really passionate about speaking into a few things. You know, some of my books are, have fun names, like don't be a yes chick. (laughs) And, and, The reason was because I was hearing from the employees that so often their business owner would go to these conferences or what have you and find all these books and then they would dump them on their desk. And the way they landed was I bought this to fix you and to have you uh, read this book and perform. And so there was just this inherent um, resistance for employees to even open up the book because of the naming conventions and the titles of a lot of these business books were really written in a way to sort of shun the employee uh, and not really empower them and speak in their language. So we picked fun titles for books. So employees would actually pick them up Mm -hmm. and they would be intrigued by it, but they're really written in a way for either the employer or the employee, the entrepreneur or the entrepreneur. And speaking, I feel like I have a gift and a passion to be able to speak into both of their listening in a way to make a difference and understand their perspective. Oh, I love that. And I know this wasn't on the outline that I sent, but I'm curious, like, do you have any tips for, you know, business owners on like hiring, you know, like, or staffing, like what could they look for or, you know, any mistakes to avoid? Yes. You know, I, I, one side of my business is a staffing um, company and the other side of it is consulting. And um, the biggest mistakes I think that entrepreneurs make is they get seduced by a resume And Mm -hmm. they will turn down so many people of even getting on the phone with them and speaking with them simply because of the resume. And I always say you're hiring human beings versus human doings. First and Mm -hmm. foremost, the stuff of why employees or humans or honestly, any relationships don't work out is because of the human stuff. It's very rarely because of the skill set and the knowledge and things that nature. So I, my biggest, um, tip is to speak to everyone and anyone. If they were award-winning copywriters, they would not be applying for your job. They would be a copywriter. (laughs) And and so often with these different platforms, LinkedIn, ZipRecruiter, things Mm -hmm. of that nature, Indeed, 
the way that a resume is uploaded is very wonky. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll call people and I'll say, why haven't you worked in two years? They're like, what? Where are you? Where'd you get that resume from? And that happens more often than not. So if you can just have somebody who is going to call everyone uh, that applies to your job, but also do the recruiting side of things and, and reaching out to people and talk to everyone you possibly can, you don't have to invest in our you could do a 10 minute quick phone interview. And then if they pass that hop on a longer 30 minute zoom interview with that, and then make sure that you have these bite-sized pieces within your process. Cause the best people that I've, I have hired have been the ones that my entrepreneurs are like, why'd you send me this resume? They're not a good <laughs> fit. They don't have skill set. I'm like, trust me, just speak to them. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. The whole, you know, don't judge a book by it's cover, you know, I mean, there's so much more behind the resume and a cover letter and all of that. Absolutely. Especially in this day and age with all the automation and the one click apply and things of that nature. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And is there a certain like threshold or anything like that, you know, on like business owners are like, okay, I really should hire someone. Like, do you see like a common like point when people start to think about hiring? Yeah, they usually start to think about hiring when it's about six months too late. (laughs) (laughs) And they get to a place of burnout or resentment. And so I can say that the very first time it pops in your head that I should maybe hire someone, do not give in to the fear. My greatest recommendation is you take out an old school legal pad and write down Monday on the top of it. And there's a psychology to putting pen and paper, write down everything you touch and do that for an entire week. And then after go back and ask yourself how much of that you can delegate. In my experience, at least 60% of your list can be delegated. Now, when it comes time for how to hire them, how to pay for them, all that things, when you look at the remaining stuff that are on your list as an entrepreneur that you're not getting to, you have to ask yourself, what is the cost Mm -hmm. of me not hiring someone to get to these things? Because in this day and age, especially right now, the market is so tight. Mm -hmm. I mean, every job that we have right now, it's because people have come to us and they've waited way too long. And it is an employee's market right now. People are getting offered jobs right on the spot. Uh, Anyone who's in a professional space, especially since the pandemic, Mm -hmm. things where people used to have to come into an old school brick and mortar building are now being offered uh, uh, virtual positions. It is so very competitive right now. Yeah, I didn't even think of all that kind of stuff. That makes total sense. I love the the pen and paper to write that down. I, I'm definitely a pen and paper gal. Like I just, I can't get myself to move to like a digital planner. <laughs> I have to write things down. And I feel like, you know, when you do that and you see all the things like you're saying that you could delegate more than I think a lot of us probably realize. Oh, absolutely. There is. When you start to see everything on your list and it becomes daunting. Right. But just go look at each one and highlight what you can delegate where it really, truly does not depend on you as an entrepreneur, as a face of the company, as a rainmaker, so to speak. And when you start looking at that, there's always a return on investment for every position. Now, 
once you hire them, the key is to make certain that you have an onboarding process to secure and to get a guarantee out of that. Oh, I love that. I'm sure that's missed a lot too, I would imagine, because you're just thinking of hiring and getting going, um, but such an integral part would be onboarding. Absolutely. You have to remember you're hiring humans. And at the end of the day, when people get time, attention and feedback, they will never leave you. And that's a big, I hear two things from entrepreneurs. One, I know I need to hire, but I don't have time to train them. So it's one thing if you find the best person, but the second you start, their clock starts ticking and you start paying for them, then the panic sets in for you of how to train them and onboard them. And then the second kind of subconscious fear that they have is if this person's so highly effective and efficient, then you just gave up, you know, anywhere from 60% plus of your list. And now the spotlight's on you to actually show up and do the things you need to do to generate additional revenue and business and opportunities. Ah, I never even thought of that. That that is such a good point. Because yeah, like you said, it, it seems kind of subconscious almost. But yeah, that is definitely um, like such a mental shift of like, oh, now I really really have to show up, you know, because I feel like sometimes it's easy to hide behind like, oh, I'm so busy. You know what I mean? But if you delegate Ah. it out and then you have to like show up and, you know, do all the things, then yeah, I can see that. Well, yeah, because think about it, what you need to do, especially if you're in the personal services industry, uh, where you don't have a product, so to speak, but you have a service that what you have to do in this day and age is to be visible. So, so often when I talk to entrepreneurs and like, well, I can't get to marketing. I can't do get to doing that podcast. I can't get to doing the webinars or social media. And really when it comes down to it, you're exactly right. Entrepreneurs hide out that they're so busy and important until you no longer have an excuse because Mm. you're paying somebody to take on those things that are bogging you down, then you really have to stand up and show up. And it can be because a lot of times when you're leveling up and you're going to your next level, it's unknown. Mm -hmm. It's uncertainty. We might not have the skill set or the training or the resources that we need. So then it becomes a little bit overwhelming. Yes. Oh, definitely. I love that. So you mentioned burnout as far as, you know, people feeling that they should hire someone and they get resentful and burnout. Like, I feel like that is something entrepreneurs can easily, you know, kind of dive into with burnout because it's easy to, to kind of go down that slippery slope of working and, you know, all the, all the things and all the, you know, staying up late, getting up early, all the hustle, like the hustle and grind culture. So how do you, you've been a business owner for quite a while. Like how do you balance work in life? And do you have any tips on that? Mm, I love that question. You know, I feel like it's a vicious cycle and it always has its season. It, it's, it's amazing to me because I'll feel like I have a phenomenal work-life balance. My team's all working and on great, uh, all cylinders, Business is coming in, clients are happy, what have you, but I don't know what it is, but you can set a watch to almost every 90 days of some type of breakdown. 
or some type of uh, uh, disruption, if you will. Yeah. And I feel like that disruption is purposeful to keep us as entrepreneurs on our toes and growing mm-hmm. and evolving. So the second you can accept that and understand that, and then you go back into the hustle and grind, so to speak, I think it's a way for you to have fresh eyes within your business. I, it just is amazing. So I balance, I start, I get up early, but my rules are no phone, no email until I get my walk in, until I get my yoga in, until I get my exercise in, because I know people are going to get this stressed out crappy version of me if I don't do that. And I'm going to be on operating on fumes and I'm going to begin to reset my business because I didn't have, I don't love the term self-care anymore Mm -hmm. um, because sometimes I think there's a lot of confusion around it. And it seems rather selfish as entrepreneurs sometimes, but it's almost like putting gas in your tank Mm -hmm. so you can run on all cylinders as a leader versus operating from a place of emotion. And if you can do that first and foremost, and then I give myself permission, I'm going to work late on these days during the week, I'm going to put in two days a week where they are 12, 14 hour days. But then I know that I have them strategically placed within my week and then give myself permission to not work the weekends. some weekends. When I give myself permission, that I just I literally don't even turn on my computer, even if I needed to go there to get a movie time or mm-hmm. to look up a restaurant that I want to work. I delete my my email off my cell phone for the weekend and then I put it back on Monday morning. So I don't have that temptation there. Oh, I love that. That's a great idea. I've never thought of that. Um, just kind of removing it. So it's not even an option. I love that because it is hard to, you know, sometimes separate the, the work and the personal and, you know, um, like I've always worked from home for the last seven years. So it's like, I don't have like a, you know, I don't leave the office, you know, so to speak. And so, um, for the longest time, it's taken me a while to, to set those boundaries. Um, but much better now, um, especially because my kids make me, but, um, I love <laughs> the idea of taking it off my phone for the weekend. Yeah, putting that out of office responder. I think when you over communicate with people and you set up expectations with them and they know, I think as entrepreneurs, when we are working 24 hours and we're in the hustle and grind, a lot of times it's because we didn't set up healthy boundaries, expectations and over communicate with the people in our business and clients and prospective clients, et cetera. And that's what causes that anxiety and or burnout. Yes. I love that. And, and it's so like, cause I know when I was a younger entrepreneur, of course I would answer an email 10 o'clock at night. It's not now like that's completely different, but you're right. Like setting those in the beginning, like it's just so simple. You know, you don't think to do that because you're like, Oh God, I just want to get it going. And I want them to know I'm always responsive, but it really is like a negative in the long run to not set those boundaries up front. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Um, and I love too that you mentioned um, getting up early and going on walks. I have been out of my routine for quite a while, but I just recently read the 5 a.m. club and now I'm all like pumped to get up and, you know, just start the day that way. Because when I do do it like that, the day's so much better, you know, than getting up and reacting to my phone. Like it's just night and day. Oh, yes, absolutely. I was talking to one of my clients this morning. He's like, when am I ever going to not wake up with that like lump in my chest as an entrepreneur. I'm like, I think that comes with the job description. 
but it's all about how you respond to it versus react. And you have to, I love the 5am club. I've been a member out of that. And that I do, I get out of it. I've been out of that routine for a couple, well, about a week now. And it mm-hmm. really, it just takes a couple of days and I can feel it in my bones yeah. where I'm like, I'm beginning to resent everybody in my business right now. And a lot of times, you know, the greatest definition I ever heard of um, resentment is self-abandonment. And it's uh-huh. like, where did I abandon myself? Uh, because I felt like I needed to get up. I get so much work done. And I didn't give myself the grace of my walks of my grounding and my meditation or my yoga, or whatever it is for you. Right? I've never thought of it that way. But it's so true. Yeah. Anytime I start to feel that resentment, I'm like, Oh, where did I abandon my own rules? My mm-hmm. And sometimes it's you don't have any. So that might be where you need to start is to get some really clear, healthy boundaries. Yes, definitely. Awesome. Well, I've never like talked to another 5 a.m. Uh, club member. So if we're going to have to stay in touch and, you know, stay in the club. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so do you use any like apps that you just love or automations in your business that make it easier for you that you just, you know, couldn't imagine living without? Oh, in regards to automation, well, my CRM, I use Active Campaign, and that is my, I cannot imagine living without that, where it pushes out my podcast every Tuesday, pushes out my blog every Thursday. I've been blogging for since 2008. I have not missed one week. And it's amazing. Yes, it is. If nothing else, because this is, we always feel like, well, I'll speak for myself and the people I talk to as entrepreneurs, if you're not working on something that is pushing the business forward, that is marketing-esque, that is uh, where you don't feel like you own a job. At a minimum, if I do my blog once a week and my podcast once a week and my social team handles that, I feel like I'm doing something that is future-based. I feel like I'm doing something that is nurturing my pipeline and uh, providing a tremendous amount of value add, at least when I'm feeling like I quote-unquote own a job, which most times throughout the week, we all feel like that as entrepreneurs. I'm like, okay, you are marketing. You have this set up. I have accountability around Mm -hmm. it. Uh, So for me, my CRM uh, is the most, you know, old school, but best tool I've ever invested in. Yeah. And active campaigns is impressive. Like the analytics they have and all the different things you can do inside it. it, It's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Tell us about your podcast. Yeah, so my podcast is Hiring and Empowering Solutions, uh, same name as my business. And every Tuesday, I drop a new podcast. It can be in regards to anything on uh, employee engagement and empowerment to leadership, to communication, hiring, firing, training, onboarding, employee reviews, or any type of just deposit I can make into an entrepreneur or the team that serve them to support them with needle moving work every single week to move them forward. Oh, we love that. Okay. I will put that in the show notes too. So everybody can tune into that and get all that good goodness. Oh, great. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome. 
Um, so you talk, you mentioned the podcast, the blog, you know, social, you do a lot of marketing things, but like, what do you find to be your most effective way to market your business? Podcasting mm-hmm. hands down is the most effective way for me to market my business, to be a, a guest on someone's show like yours. And then hopefully you'll be a guest of mine. I'd love to have you on my show. And I feel like it's just such an amazing collaboration and it's the most effective in marketing for many, many reasons. Number one, people want to get bite-sized pieces of information in a very short amount of time. People mm-hmm. podcasting, you could be exercising, you could be cooking dinner. It's a way to get into people's ear. Then the collaboration with having guests on your show, in addition to you having um being a guest on the show, but also the strategic byproduct that came out of that, that I never would have had anticipated. I hate public speaking. Me too. I, it, it is not my favorite thing at all, but podcasting has really up-leveled that on so many levels. And whether I'm on video or I'm on a stage or I'm in a Zoom room or virtual summit or what have you, but not only that has helped me on my one-on-one consulting conversations with people. So often I'll hear get feedback like, wow, you're very clear, concise, articulated with your your uh, verbiage with your communication and allows for me to facilitate conversations which is a very unique skill mm-hmm. I don't know about you but I think that taught me was through podcasting because you only have a certain amount of time to get a tremendous amount of impactful information delivered yes definitely uh, I yeah I love it and and you know if you see the that people are you know you see the stats on podcasting people, love it. They like to be able to listen in. And, you know, like you said, you can do it at different times and it's just an easy way to be able to connect with a a wide range of people. Oh, absolutely. And it's never, it's not going to go away. It's, it's just, I mean, I just saw Apple podcasts is coming out with a subscription base now. I saw that this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And have you dabbled into clubhouse or anything yet? Well, it's so interesting <laughs> that you say that. I've heard from people that it's phenomenal. I've admired the concept from afar. I see how it could be very, very effective, but be completely honest, I haven't because I'm afraid I'm going to go in and not come back out. <laughs> yeah, yes. Oh, it's a black hole for sure, but a good one. Um, but I did see, I saw another article this morning, actually, that Facebook is releasing new features that are essentially clubhouse like it's going to be audio forms um through like the facebook app and they're going to have rooms but it's going to be like not clubs but very very like mirroring clubhouse which will be on facebook now so it'll be interesting to see what happens when they roll that out this summer yeah oh that sounds exciting i didn't see that how great yeah yeah i just I, i think the press release from facebook was like yesterday or the day before like it's brand new so um Yeah. And they said something too about streaming podcasts on Facebook, but I'm not 100% clear on that, but I can send you the article if you'd like to see it. I can email that to you. um, Oh, yes. Okay. Awesome. I'll do that after the show. Thank you. Um, Yeah. Okay. Um, Comfort zones. We all love them. We all have them. You know, what do you do to break out of your comfort zone? 
Oh, gosh, for me, well, I already mentioned podcasting. So I'm always trying to put myself into different positions where I have accountability around it. So Mm -hmm. whether it be uh, put my hat in the ring to be a speaker at a virtual summit, it's been phenomenal during 2020 and 2021, Uh, do audio courses or trainings for different companies in a virtual setting. Again, like I said, I don't love public speaking, but I feel like in this day and age, it's the greatest way to leverage and optimize, especially in a virtual setting. So I'm really trying to push myself to be comfortable with that. And I've actually started really enjoying it Mm -hmm. as um, in the virtual setting versus being in a big conference room. Yeah, yeah, I I feel the same way. Like I, I can't even imagine public speaking because it makes me highly anxious but I, and I also feel that you know like when I do have to get on video it's as intimidating as in person if that makes sense it does it does and sometimes as you push yourself and again you figure out what works for you and and kind of what doesn't but yeah I I love it there's got to be you know they say my favorite definition I've ever heard the flip side of fear is excitement Oh yeah. Yeah. I love that. You're so right. Yeah. But the first like five or six podcasts that I hosted, I, I'm not even kidding. I almost canceled all of them, (laughs) but now like it's, I look forward to them and I've met so many amazing people like yourself. And I, it is a fun, exciting thing now that I've like pushed through, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The only way out is through. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Awesome. Well, we're, your favorites. This is one of my favorite parts of the show. Um, so what is your favorite book? Oh gosh, my favorite book would have to be uh John Maxwell, Feel the Fear, Do It Anyways. Oh, I love that. Uh, that's like the quote I've had on my Facebook page forever, but I've never heard of that book. Yes, okay. it's an old school one. Yep. Love it. Okay, I'm writing that down because we have a little book club too. So that will be in our lineup soon. Um what is your favorite drink? Oh, my favorite drink is uh, rosé wine. Mm. And then you sent me some rosé champagne. So thank you for that. Okay. <laughs> I didn't even know. Yeah, I love rosé. Like now that the weather, I'm not sure if it's warming up in Colorado for you, but it's definitely warming up here in Oregon for us. And I don't know, rosé is just like, uh, makes me dream of summer. <laughs> mm, yes. It's starting to feel so, like it. Absolutely. Um, what's your favorite thing to do to relax? Yoga. I do hot yoga. I try to do that at least five days a week. And uh, it's just amazing no matter how busy I am. And I like to go at 530 in the morning. So 530-ish AM club. And um, it just really helps to ground me and get me to a place of, um, you know, relax. I don't know as an entrepreneur if I'm ever relaxed, (laughs) but definitely keeps me grounded and centered and not uh, firing on emotion, no response. Yeah. I would love that. Do you go somewhere to do it or do you like stream it somewhere? No, I actually have to physically, uh, go somewhere. I don't do well with the home practice. So I go, yeah, my studio, thankfully I've been fortunate enough we to get reservations during COVID. They're only shut down for about two months during the whole thing. So that was very great. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I've never done yoga. I have like the flexibility of like a two by four, but I keep feeling <laughs> like I need to try it because everybody raves about it. And I'm just like, okay, do I try and go somewhere? Do I try it at home? So 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it takes a while to get used to for certain. Okay. (laughs) Um, What's your favorite thing to watch if you watch anything? Oh, my favorite TV show. I think I don't watch a tremendous amount of TV, but I love to do uh, any of uh, feel good shows like This Is Us or Parenthood mm-hmm. or what have you. Anything that's just light and very lighthearted, but also uh, just makes you feel connected and brings out that family essence. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I'm a big Hallmark uh, Channel fan, so I'm the same way. Like anything uh, that's not lighthearted or funny, like no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and lastly, where's your favorite place to go? Oh, gosh, I think my favorite place to go is home back to Buffalo, mm-hmm. New York, where I grew up and my family's there. My kids and I go there every summer for a couple of weeks and they absolutely love it. It's our favorite vacation. There's this, you know, I grew up in an Irish Catholic family. I have mm-hmm. six siblings and I'm one of 36 first cousins. So it's always just so great to be able to stay connected to my family. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I'm Irish Catholic too. Grew up a uh, baby of five. So. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> awesome. So where can everybody find you? Um, and like I said, I'll put a bunch of notes, um, uh, links in the podcast notes, but we could just drop this here too, like uh, social media website and you mentioned your podcast. So, so they can connect with you further. Yes, absolutely. You can check us out at hiringandempowering.com and you can go to either the, uh, and just subscribe. You'll get our podcast every Tuesday and our blog every Thursday. Awesome. Yeah, that is impressive. Every Thursday since 2008. That's amazing. Good job. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that. Well, this has been so fun. Uh, I know you're crazy busy. And so I appreciate you taking the time to spend with me today so we could chat. Um, yeah, this is just, and thank you for sharing your uh, tips on, on everything. I just really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. And I can't wait to have you on my podcast. Yes. Oh, that would be so much fun. Yeah. I look forward to that. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thanks again. And thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bubbles and Biz. I hope you enjoyed it and are able to walk away with something new to implement or inspired in some way. If you'd like to keep the conversation going, join us in the Bubbles and Biz community. We have weekly accountability and open office hour and rotating events like group coaching from me, networking, expert guests, and more. Join us to connect, collaborate, and celebrate. Learn more at bubblesandbiz.co.